Bo Ryan, Will Ryan, Luke Sampy, Mark Baden. Real, <laughs> real similar. I mean, big draws, no doubt. Shut up and sit down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, and Mill Home Supper Club. What's up, Wisconsin? From the Inside Wisconsin Studios, my name is Trevor Thomas, and you might notice I'm flying solo right now. My guy John Anderson, who's always with us and is completely dedicated to us here at Inside Wisconsin, has a uh, bigger fish to fry. He's actually in Tokyo right now covering the Olympics. Uh, we talked about a little bit on the show before. Uh, John is a huge track and field guy. I mean, he literally handles all of the track and field for all of ESPN. Everything runs through John Anderson's desk. The International Olympic Committee calls him and says, John, will you be able to come here to Tokyo for these games and host the international feed? So uh, obviously all of us here in, in the States watch NBC for the Olympic coverage, and in England, you watch BBC. The rest of the world has John Anderson for the Tokyo Olympics, so of course, we were super pumped for him to be able to go over there. I, I, I would love to be able to connect with him, but I know he's a busy cat, and I also know that he promised us he was going to track down some Wisconsin Olympic athletes and see if he couldn't get a nugget or two for when he comes back. So today you get just me, but I've also got two guests. So no worries. This isn't going to get weird. You know, one of the questions that we get here at Inside Wisconsin the most is, is it a sports talk show? Kinda. It's not really about sports as much as it is about Wisconsin. But if I've said it once, I will say it a thousand times. Inside Wisconsin is all about the people the stories and the statriotism of America's Dairyland, about us, about Wisconsin. And if there's one hot topic of conversation, pun intended, here in the state of Wisconsin at any given moment, it is the weather. And so today's episode of Inside Wisconsin has two Wisconsin television meteorologists from Milwaukee in Channel 12, the number one station there, we have Mark Baden joining us, as well as my buddy here in Green Bay on Channel 5, the chief meteorologist there, Luke Sampy. So let's go inside Wisconsin and talk Wisconsin weather. Shut up and sit down. And so here they are, the weather men of the hour, chief meteorologist from Channel 12, WISN in Milwaukee, Mark Baden, and Luke Sampy, the chief meteorologist from Channel 5, WFRV here in Green Bay. Guys, Let's get it out of the way and just have an hour-long conversation about why in the hell it is so difficult to forecast the weather in Wisconsin. What are we missing? That's well, only for Sampy. I have, I've, I've never been wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mark, I worked with you for, for 20 years. You taught me everything I know. Right. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, you knew everything that before you ever got to me, so I didn't ruin I didn't ruin any habits that you already had that were the correct way of forecasting. It's always a challenge, you know. I mean, Sam, Sam loved it so much in Wisconsin, he never moved. So he, he loved that lake so much 
that he wanted to just see, to prove himself wrong so many times that the lake does. It's always fun to have the lake next door. Yeah. Inside Wisconsin is all about the people, the stories, and the patriotism of America's Dairyland. All of us have fond memories of growing up watching our favorite weather people. Mine, I grew up in Johnson Creek, and I'll get to a story there, by the way, because, Mark, you came to Johnson Creek High School when I was a freshman. Oh I reached gosh, out to I you. Remember, yeah. I remember that. Do you really? That's yeah. great. So, uh, growing up there, we could hey, get the, the way, Madison. It's Johnson Creek. Okay. boy. My, my family has been pissed off at me because I keep calling it Creek, and they're like, what happened to you? Where, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, I grew up watching Elmer Childress on Channel 15 out of Madison, yep. right? Because we could get both stations. Out of curiosity, do you guys have people from Wisconsin walk up to you and just talk about how much of a part of a life, their life, that you guys have been? Or are we all just buried in our iPhones now and maybe that's a thing of the past? 100%. You still, you know, for me, it's always usually the grocery store or um, maybe Menards or, or something like that. And when I'm not in a suit, and I'm not in this mode, I'm on, you know, family time mode. I'm usually not wearing glasses. You know, I like to wear contacts in case if you're doing something with the kids or whatever. And so you first get the long look, and then once they put two and two together, and then usually the weather comment will happen. Oh, you know, it looks like it's a nice day today. Is it gonna stay that way or, or something like that? And I, I welcome that, you know, um, somebody would bring it up, hey, does that ever annoy you or, you know, that'd kind of be like a plumber getting mad that he's got to fix a couple toilets. I mean, it's part of the deal. Uh, we sign up for this. We totally give up our anonymity um, as our job. So, uh, yeah, we welcome that. And, you know, in terms of the feedback, sometimes it's negative. And usually those, <laughs> Mark, can, Mark can agree with me there. It's not all roses, um, especially when the forecast doesn't quite pan out. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's 100% an, uh, an agreement with what uh, Luke is saying. Uh, for me, I'll just take the example of, of being able to cover the uh, the Bucks victory parade. It was fantastic. 300,000 people is the estimate downtown. So a lot of people are coming up. Of course, what's the first thing they ask me about? Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Uh, thankfully, I said no, and it didn't rain. So that was good. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's always – it's you become – really a, a, a small part or kind of almost a piece of their family at times. Now, I mean, local television is not what it once was. And so, I mean, there's not nearly as many young people that are watching as there were at one time. Everybody has so many other options that are out there. Uh, but there still is. I the, the ones that I laugh at are the ones that now have their own kids and they come up to me, oh, you talked to my grade school. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> That means I've been here for a while, and they're with Sorry, kids that are in, like, third and fourth grade. I'm like, wow. All yeah. Right. I just had a, a kid from West of Pier, uh, probably a junior weather fanatic, came in, watched the 6 o'clock show, and he uh, we were talking at the end of it. And he goes, you know, I remember when you first came here, you know, when I was in, like, fourth grade. Mark's been here forever, but I'm I'm sure he would agree that it's, it goes so fast. Um, and, you know – you, you wouldn't do this unless you enjoy that interaction with the people. But I'm telling you right now, in a blink of an eye, you're doing a school talk for somebody. And then 10 years later, you know, they're graduating high school. It's true. But yeah. as to, to Luke's point, it's I, I have I don't have days that I, I'm dreading coming into work. Never had that. And that is a, a bonus. I, I get paid. We get 
we get paid to actually do something that we really, really love. And that's, that's, that's hard to I mean. There, there's not that many people that have that, that uh, ability to do and to say. And so it's still a joy. I still, yeah, it, it's tough when you make mistakes. I was sweating bullets last week when we had the, of course, the NBA finals were on ABC. And we had an, a possibility of having severe weather during the NBA finals with the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA finals. And so there was quite a bit of consternation of if I was going to have to cut in during the NBA finals. This was, it's about my biggest nightmare. The only thing worse is if you had the Packers in the Super Bowl and you had that on your air and you had severe weather. Uh, it was thankfully, by the grace of God, we didn't have any of that here. It was the same night there was a tornado warning uh, just to the east of the Dells. But that didn't make it into our viewing area, so that was uh, that was a joy to have that miss. And so we've been fortunate uh, as we worked our way through. But those are the kind of things that just those that was a super stressful night. And of course, the news director is like checking in every minute just to say, "Okay, anything change? Anything change? Anything change?" Mm -hmm. No, everything's all right. And you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Because if you don't go on and tell people what's going on, they're like, hey, it would have been great to know. And then you do go on or do a split screen or whatever you need to do. And they're like, uh, would you move, please? You, the the finals are on. That's what will happen. Um, I mean, the thing is, I, I hope to, that I've over the years established enough credibility that the last thing that I want to do is have one event. And it only will take one event if we ever miss a huge event. And we're not here for people. You're not forgiven. I mean, that's 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 it. You can throw it all away in one single event, and that's something that I can't ever allow to happen. And so, if there was dangerous weather, if we had a tornado warning, uh, we would we had to gone on the air. It would have been a split screen, and millions of people, okay, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> would have hated me here in our area. Well, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that as a broadcast station. Right, we serve it. We serve up free content for you to tune into, as a as a, the deal that kind of gets made or is made. It's a license. We have to air that stuff. It's not even an option. It's not like, well, you know what? We've got the Bucks finals on. Let's go ahead and screw this up. It's not even an option. The penalty that we would get fined from the FCC for not airing it is it, you could lose your license. The penalty is that severe especially if there were people that got hurt. Uh, we have viewers that will complain when our Texas speech doesn't work yeah. on our severe weather crawl, and we get written up to the FCC, and we have to make sure we are showing efforts to rectify that. I mean, it is that the fine. The fines are incredible. Um, right. you, you can literally, fines can go, I mean, they start usually at about 50000 but I've seen stations get fined $250,000 if they've not done the programming that they should be doing in severe weather. Yeah, crazy. Well, let's talk about some of those weather events when we come back here on Inside Wisconsin with Mark Baden from Channel 12 in Milwaukee and Luke Sampy, the Chief Meteorologist at Channel 5 here in Green Bay. We are Inside Wisconsin. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down. We are back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, Mark Baden, 
Luke Sampy. It is the hour-long Wisconsin weather conversation. It's time for this week's top five list. I gave these guys a heads up that I wanted to talk about the top five weather events that we may all remember since uh, Mark got here in 1997. Uh, I I wrote down some of the weather events that I remember, and I'm curious to know if there's any that stick out in your head. So maybe we'll start this top five list with my number five. Uh, It was 1996, and I know, Mark, you weren't there. Luke, you were probably still in school like I was. The Oakfield F5 tornado. Uh, I don't know if either of you had any knowledge of that or covered that, but man, what a disaster. And I know that we try to stay positive, but heaven forbid we ever have another one of those things. What do you guys recall about that Oakfield thing? Uh, Oakfield was the one I came right after Oakfield had occurred. Um, I came the next year in 97, but it was so fresh in everybody's minds. I mean, that's an F5 tornado that came through Fond du Lac County. Uh, We've only had three F5s ever that we know of in recorded history in the state of Wisconsin. So, obviously, it was a big deal. It somehow, some way, didn't kill anyone, which is a miracle. People were injured, but nobody died. Uh, I mean, literally just destroyed the town. It went right through the heart of Oakfield, right? Cut it in half. Uh, some things that worked out well for them, the county fair was going on at Fond du Lac. A lot. It was a big deal. Uh, and a lot of people were, were at the county fair. County Fair didn't have any problems at all, uh, and that tornado just tore through. That that one is one that, remember, it's just the 25th anniversary. We just had a big segment on it, of course, last week uh, with that 25th anniversary. So anybody that's in that area uh, in Fond du Lac County, that's one that always is fresh in their minds. And they still take it's When you have something like that happen, that or Barneveld, those big, huge events, people then forever, for the rest of their lives, they take that weather seriously. And sadly, a lot of other people that don't have things like that, people are like, ah, it's not going to happen here. Oh, the lake saves us, that kind of stuff, which I really work hard to push against as much as I can. Luke, do you have any memory of Oakfield? I don't know where you were. Well, I mean, I was, you know, still in high school back then. I was uh, July of 96. Uh, So I I remember the event vividly. I remember it happening. I was, uh, you know, not on the path to be a meteorologist at that point, I wouldn't say, but I always obviously had a strong interest in weather. You have to, to go through the coursework to be a meteorologist. So um, I just remember that. I remember the stories of the cans, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cans that were strewn 50 miles away from, uh, I believe it was the Friday uh, can company, canning company. Um, yeah. I mean, Oakfield is, is the storm. That's the benchmark right now for us. Before then, it was Barneveld. And sadly, uh, we're probably getting in that window where our luck is going to start to run out. We haven't had really, I want to say probably since 2007, um, that type of devastating tornado where it's, you know, EF3 or greater. Um, I believe that was June 7th of 07, Mark. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I believe well, that was one. You know where I was, Sam. So I, was, I was on vacation because anytime there's any kind of severe weather, I yeah. somehow managed to be in Minnesota fishing or in Florida with my family. That's uh, true. The, 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 the thing we always stoke, said when, when we worked together. The stoke, the stoke tornado and yeah. the eagle tornado. I was uh, out of town for both of those. It's, uh, it's a bad feeling, though, when you are the uh, I think, And I think you were on the golf course for the July 2010 floods. And then I had to come in. Yes, I had worked. You were outside for that one. I had to work. I was working like 11 or 12 straight days. I finally got a day off. I'm, I'm on the golf course, and then all hell breaks loose. 
And yeah, we had, uh, I mean, I think it was probably close to a dozen tornado warnings that day, but the bigger story was the floods. That was the, the day of the massive floods in Milwaukee. That's one of, that's certainly in my top five is the massive flooding that happened. Eight inches of rain in a matter of uh, about an hour and a half, two hours, especially on the north side of Milwaukee. Uh, sadly, at least one life was lost uh, in that. And that was the same day as the, the big sinkhole that happened on North Avenue swallowed up the big Escalade. I mean, it's crazy. Still, those, those kind of images always stay in your head. So speaking of floods, one that made my list was when the Wisconsin Dells in Lake Delton disappeared in 2008. Uh, I just remember seeing the images on TV of this really well-known area in our state where it's a huge tourist destination. And all of a sudden, the lake where the Tommy Bartlett ski show is and all those things, just gone, like literally disappeared. What do you guys remember about that? I just remember the house, the video of the house (laughs) getting just sucked away, carried away, and thinking, oh, my God, that's somebody's home. And it's just getting washed away like it was a paper cup in a stream. I mean, that that is obvious. That's got to be in the top five, at least of recent history of, of weather events around here. You just don't see anything like that too much, um, thankfully. You know, the, that whole process of how that lake was formed and, you know, the, the what all happened there, obviously it had a devastating effect on, on the end result, but... Um, yeah, that was just that. That was crazy. We didn't. I didn't at that time. Let's see. That'd have been 08. I was up north yet, so I we didn't go and cover that. I, I think Mark. Uh, you know, obviously the Southeast Wisconsin stations that were there almost daily, right? Oh yeah, we were there for for a good week. That was it was an incredible event. I mean, you just never expected to see something like that. One that it was caught on video was pretty remarkable in and of itself. I mean, to see that you're literally watching an entire lake. <laughs> flow into the wisconsin river i mean it was it was nuts but it made you think okay this is the miniature version of what it was like back when the prehistoric lake or the the lake back after the ice age gave way and it created the dells and that's why the dells look the way they do because this massive lake is it is it emptied out so quickly uh carved its way and that's how the dells happened so it was just a miniature version of that that's crazy all right, so here are my top two, knowing that we covered the Oakfield tornado, we had the floods in Milwaukee, the floods in or the lack of water in Lake Delton. Here are my top two. My second, Luke, you remember this well, April 2018, it was over my birthday. We had over 30 inches of snow here in northeast Wisconsin. It was absolutely <laughs> absurd. Yeah, that, that one that one came in two rounds. That was the storm where you could uh, infamously go zero to 30 inches from the snow <laughs> forecast and still be right. Uh, there were portions of our area that picked up a couple inches, like on the order of six or eight. And then, yeah, like you said, we got hit here in the valley. I believe in that 24 to 36-hour period. Actually, the 36-hour period, it was a 24.2 inches. But there were spots that were measuring you know, 30 inches plus with the drifts. And that was insane. Now, the thing that's bizarre about that one, is that we had, you know, the biggest snowstorm or one of the biggest snowstorms ever in the state happen. Six weeks later, Memorial Day weekend, the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, it was like 98 degrees here in Green Bay. So we went from, you know, a foot of ice on the bay, two feet of snow and ice on top. We melted all that off in six weeks and people were enjoying 72 degree bay water six weeks after that. That's how fast things can turn around here. 
it pretty much guarantees that Wisconsin is the most bipolar weather state in the entire <laughs> union. It's just ridiculous. That's what makes it fun. I mean, it really, that's what makes it so interesting to be a meteorologist around here. It's always, always interesting. You got to always be on your toes. All right, so here's my number one, and maybe you guys were there. It's the NFC Championship game in 2008. It was the, if not the coldest, comparable to the Ice Bowl, definitely the coldest since then. I had toe warmers on my cheeks. I had a toe warmer on each of my cheek, one on my chin. This is pre-beard Trevor. It was, were you guys there? It was ridiculous. No, I was not there. That, that obviously ranks up there with one of the coldest games at Lambeau. Um, I've been to some pretty cold games at Lambeau. I believe 2013, maybe early 14, were they in the playoffs? I can't remember. It may have been next year. Um, <clears throat> they were playing the Niners. I remember doing a radio hit with a station out of San Francisco talking about the weather and we had wind chills, you know, that were pushing 35, 40 below, but nowhere near the actual cold temperatures like what we had for, for the 08 game. Um, but Lambeau, you know how it is, Trevor. You get your snowsuit on, your snowmobile suit, whatever you wear. You pack in like a sardine. You have a couple <laughs> cold ones before, and you're fine. The seven cold ones are frozen. <laughs> you're set, right. Don't set true. it down on the concrete. It's not going to make it long. <laughs> You couldn't drink a cold one that day. A cold one became a frozen one real fast. <laughs> I was not uh, at that. I wish I would have been at that game because it would have been a fun memory. Uh, it's a, I, I recall that one directly and the same one that, that Luke was talking about. I'll remember this because it's a, it's a mistake that I made um, that, I, that I won't repeat anymore that I try to teach uh, other young uh, and upcoming meteorologists to not do. I, I used uh, a computer model that was was putting out wind chills, um, but it was very unrealistic. Uh, and I, of course, posted this on social media. And you can still find this today because it, it just absolutely exploded. And so it was calling for that that in that 2013-2014 game of wind chills of like 60, 65 degrees below zero in Green Bay. It was nowhere near that. It was about, it was about 30 to 35 below, which is terrible, but it's not 65 below. Well, when I put that image out there, it got shared by all of the guys at ESPN. And so these guys all have all these huge amounts of followers. So the reason why it was cool, oh, it was neat. Oh, I was getting shared all over the country. But I knew in my heart it was not going to be the correct forecast. It was not going to be true that it was going to be 65 <laughs> below. And so I never should have done it. And I've learned this lesson. Even though you might think, oh, my gosh, this is going to go viral. It's going to be great. If you know in your heart it's the wrong thing and it's not a real forecast, don't do it. You can still find that today. That thing yeah. comes up. Everyone, I had no idea that you put that out there, but every once in a while that will rear its head and somebody in the comments would be like, that was from 2013. It still comes up. I get it all <laughs> it the time. Anytime it gets cold and everybody's talking about Lambo, that thing <laughs> pops in. It's in every Google search. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. We're back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, Chief Meteorologist at Channel 12 in Milwaukee. Mark Baden and Chief Meteorologist at Channel 5, Luke Sampy. Uh, guys, does that ever get old, Chief Meteorologist? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a big title and a lot of responsibility, but uh, you worked your entire life to get to this point. Does, does that ever sound weird or are you just used to it, I guess? You know, it wasn't a goal. When I, when I got into this, I, first of all, when I became a meteorologist, when I, it was my goal to be a meteorologist, 
I didn't want to be a TV guy. This was not in the cards for me at all. I wanted to be a research meteorologist. I literally wanted to go to Antarctica for a year and right. be a research meteorologist. <laughs> and, and to, to <laughs> literally, just because I thought that sounded fascinating. I, I still, like that, by get, the way. I will get to Antarctica in my lifetime. It, Good. Is, it is on the bucket list. But then in my sophomore year of college, they started a TV station. My buddies kind of egged me on to try this out. I tried it out. Uh, there were four positions available. I got one of the positions. The only reason I got one of the positions because only four people tried out. Uh, and so, but I, I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Okay, this is kind of neat. It's kind of two different jobs. I can still be a scientist, but I can also do this, this TV thing, which can be kind of fun. And so I, I feel super fortunate. I've had a very blessed path in my life. I moved up very quickly. I worked, this is my fifth job, but that was that, that I had coming out of college. So I went to Columbia, Missouri. I went to Sioux City, Iowa. I went to St. Louis as a part-timer. Thought I'd stay there forever because that's my hometown. But then I was offered the chief job in Des Moines. I was there for three years. And then I came to Milwaukee. Uh, and, you know, the, the title chief, I mean, it really, it just, you're, you're kind of just, more of the person that's that's kind of the face of the station in terms of whether you want to be able to to, to mold the content that that your whole team is using and try to teach them better ways of telling the weather story the title itself doesn't mean a whole lot it usually means that you're doing the evening shows although that's changing now of course here in milwaukee chief meteorologists can be in the morning actually anywhere in the country a lot more chiefs are becoming uh from the morning shows uh, so it, it's really, it's just, I mean, it's a glorified title. It doesn't mean that uh, I'm some kind of all-knowing because, believe me, the minute I think that is the <laughs> minute I'm wrong and it's a terrible forecast and everybody lets me know of it. That's yeah. awesome. Luke, you were chief right out of college, man. I was, you know, but I started in a really tiny market and they were, the interesting thing about that, you know, how your life works, um, I went to UWM. I, as Mark mentioned, I was working with some of the pillars at that time um, at the and at that time, the juggernaut. I mean, Mark has built a brand. They're dominant number one almost every book now. But back in like the 90s, it wasn't always that way. And I'm not saying that as a dig to Mark or to, to 12. I mean, I, I know the history of that market. And, you know, when I was working with these icons like Paul Joseph and John Milan, I saw that version of television, right? The Milwaukee version of TV. It's a little different when you take your first job <laughs> in the small market. You kind of look around and you're going, I'm not in Milwaukee anymore. And you're like, where's the rest of the station? <laughs> where's, oh, it's just us? Okay, all right. We can make this work. Um, but, you know, I didn't know, like Mark, I didn't know that I was going to go into television. I had uh, John Milan pushing me and pushing me and pushing me in front of the camera and I really didn't know any of the wiser. I just, I just said, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And I remember people would make comments like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look, or you know, your voice. It, it, you know, I think it could work. You know, things like that. That'd be the feedback I'd get in my early days. And, and I honestly wanted to run away as far as I could from it when I first took my first job. I'm going, what, what did I get myself into? I just want to go back to Milwaukee. Well, it turns out, you know, I signed three contracts up there. We bought our uh, first home ever, had two of our kids born in Rhinelander. Rhinelander is a special spot for me. And that whole chief title and all that, that came because somebody else lied. They already had some guy offered the job. Some guy lied about his credentials 
And here they could say, well, let's take a guy with a couple years of experience, but he lied to us. Mm. Or we could take this newbie, Luke, from Milwaukee's, you know, got some bigger market, at least behind the scenes experience. And he's got a master's degree that could maybe work if he could pull it off. And it was up to me, though. I had to sink or swim. And believe me, I felt like I was sinking quite a bit, especially <laughs> in those early years. Um, I'm just glad I stuck with it. It's been almost a 20 year run now. And um, we'll see how long it goes. You know, you just don't know in this business anymore, especially as we are now getting into what, 2021, 2022. It's just unbelievable we're this far along. Wow. So between the two of you, you have over 40 years of forecasting the weather here in Wisconsin. Let's talk nerdy just for a second. Why is it so difficult here, guys? I mean, like, and I'm not telling you you're bad at your job, which, by the way, I wrote down earlier in my notes. John Horst, he's the Bucks GM. Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM. David Stearns, the Brewers GM. And you guys. Other than that, everybody else doesn't think they can do other people's jobs. But those four jobs <laughs> in the entire state of Wisconsin, everybody thinks they can do better than the people that have them. What is it about Wisconsin and the weather and just it, it seems so hit or miss sometimes? And I'm not throwing you under the bus, I promise. Well, I mean, there's a couple things here. Uh, we're forecasting the future. That's <laughs> That's the first thing, right? I mean, there's financial people. They're terrible, and they don't get half the bad rap that we do. We can get our forecasts right within a couple degrees for 20 days in a row, and you don't even know about it. But you miss the forecast by one hour from somebody expecting it to be dry, or let's say you forecast five inches of snow, and you get three, or you get seven, and you're blown out of the water. It's a tough, tough task to forecast the future, to predict the future. I always tell people, I go, it's a, it's amazing we're as accurate as we are. Sometimes I get surprised and going, wow, we got a six or seven day stretch of mid and upper 80s coming and it'll happen. But nobody pays attention to that. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's difficult in the fact that you're trying to forecast the future. It's difficult because we have microclimates galore here. Um, like we're alluding to at the top of the show with Mark saying, you know, one side of the county can be 20 degrees different from, from the other. Um, it's just, it's just a difficult climate to forecast for. Uh, yeah, agreed hundred percent. We can be right 30 times in a row. It's the one time you're wrong. It's the only thing that people remember. It's amazing to me that you still get the emails and the phone calls and the social media I wish my job would allow me to be wrong as much as you are. I wish I was right only 50% of the time. And still <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, yes. Do we make mistakes? It, it certainly does happen. And it's something that, yeah, I still take it personally. I don't want to be wrong. It doesn't feel good to be wrong. You, you don't want to ruin somebody's plans. But honestly, if, if people look at it objectively, forecasting has improved. In, in Luke, in my time, that in our experience, even even in 2025 years, it it has improved dramatically. Things have improved immensely in terms of timing, in terms of ability to show some of these small scale meteorological happenstances. Whether that's the lake breeze, whether it's lake effect snow, we've gotten much better at. Uh, there are so many things that have improved, including long-range forecasting. You go back in the Milwaukee Bill Carlson days, back in the 50s and the 60s, he forecasted two days, 
Sometimes he might get out to three. That was it. So people remember that. Oh, that Bill Carlson, he was always right. That Albert the Alley Cat, man, that, that thing was never wrong. <laughs> Two days. It's so true. It's so true. And I think in the 60s, well, 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s, you know, the 70s was the transition point to where you actually had meteorologists kind of start to flood television stations. Stations figured out, oh, we can hire these nerds. Well, Paul Joseph was one of the first in the entire right. country. He was hired in 1970, a month before I was born. He started yeah. at WTMJ. Yeah. Wow. So in that transition time, a lot of these people were just ripping and reading the forecasts from the Weather Bureau at the time. Um, and then when scientists actually became part of their station identity, like Mark said, you'd forecast out for a day or two. And it wasn't like down to the degree or, you know, we'd say, oh, you're going to get some snow. You know, it wasn't <laughs> now we get so research heavy and it's just the way of the business. These stations want to get an edge over each other. They want to figure out what are our viewers wanting. So they'll do these focus groups. They'll ask a group of 50 people. Do you want to know if it's going to rain at this time, this time and this time? And you'll get more than half to raise their hand. And so that's what we try to do. The problem is, is there's inherent error in what we're trying to do. So the scope of accuracy has changed greatly. We're much, much better. We can get you down. I feel pretty comfortable in a three-hour chunk of time now, six-hour chunk of time, certainly better. Like my confidence is higher than even 20 years ago. Um, but we're we're really kind of putting the cart before the horse sometimes with these down-to-the-hour forecasts, you know, a day or two out. Like tonight, I showed a future cast graphic for Friday night into Saturday morning. You know, are those storms going to be right over us at 5 a.m. Saturday morning? Probably not. There's going to be some shift in that. But that's that's what I'm talking about with the uh, scope of accuracy. But wait, Luke, wait. My app told me that it was going to rain in 15 minutes. It, I'm sorry, 16 minutes and 33 seconds from now. And there's an 11.5% chance that that's going to happen. Right. So uh, there's there's a lot of armchair weatherologists that have yeah. now in, included into our discussion that creates a whole nother realm of things and also the ability for people to have access to the computer models that are out there because they're all available on the Internet. And guess what? They go out sometimes 380 hours. And so if there's snow in that model that's two and a half weeks away, whoa, we better put that on the Internet and say, look what's coming. We're going to get slammed by a blizzard. And then it gets shared like your windshield graphic. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, your territory is the UP to Fond du Lac and all the way out to Shawano. Mark, you're forecasting from Fond du Lac to Kenosha and all the way out to Johnson Creek. <laughs> How are you supposed to get that right? I mean, that's an entire state, damn near, at least the eastern half of it. The dreaded zero to 12-inch forecast for snow. And it happens in, in my area all the time. And people are like, what do you mean zero to 12 inches? Well, I mean zero inches in Kenosha. And I mean 12 inches in Dodge and Fond du Lac counties. That happens here so often. And so, and they're like, well, I, I could put out a zero to 12 inch forecast. <laughs> and then you got the graphic that will get shared of the zero to 60 inch forecast with the circle around the entire state of Wisconsin. So see, I was accurate again. <laughs> so it's, 
It, it is. It's amazing. And that's the kind of, though, that snow forecasting can be really, that uh, to me, that's the biggest challenge that I have. I don't know if Luke would agree, mm -hmm. but there's such differences that can happen. And just that's, that's when a, a tiny change of 20 to 25 miles can make that, that heavy snow band, instead of it being over Milwaukee and Waukesha, now shifts that over Sheboygan, over to Fond du Lac. And then you end up in Milwaukee with an inch or two of snow and people are, they go crazy. There, you're wrong again. You're always blowing everything out of proportion. You're just doing scare tactics to make me watch. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, snow forecasting is ridiculously hard because you have to hit the timing right. All right. You got to hit the location right. And then you have to hit what's called the snow ratio correct. You got to hit on three things for it to pan out. And I'll tell you right now, there is huge error in each one of those three things. Quick little story. I think it was two winters ago. Yeah, it wasn't this past winter. Previous winter to this one, we had like a two to four inch forecast in there or something. And uh, there was a gentleman out in uh, Washera County. He would called me with some negative feedback <laughs> that way. Uh, the event before, I think we, we went one way or the other. You know, let's just say he was expecting three inches and he got one. Um, that sort of deal. And it happened twice in a row for them, but our forecast verified beautifully for the Fox Valley. Well, anyway, he calls me up and leaves a message, just a screaming message, that second missed event that he perceived as a missed event. And he doesn't realize that his number comes up on the caller ID. And I listened to this thing <laughs> and I was in a mood. And I said, <laughs> I'm not gonna let this one go. So I you call him back. back. I called <laughs> him back. I called him at his home. You could tell you he was probably sitting in his recliner. It was about this time at night uh, when we're recording this. And um, he couldn't believe that I had the audacity to call him back. <laughs> and he tied into me again. No, and usually they, they'll, they'll stop if you reach out so like that. I let him say what he wanted to say. And I asked him a simple question. I said, do you feel better now? <laughs> he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you told me I'm terrible at my job. You said that I, I get paid to be wrong and all of this. And I, I asked him, I said, do you feel better now that you told me that right to my ear? And he said, no. I said, maybe next time, before you pick up the phone and want to rip on somebody, just think about that you're talking to a human being here. We, Like Mark said, we don't want to be wrong. That, that's the last thing we want. I mean, it's literally the last thing we want. But we are going to be wrong. It's part of the game. Nobody came out here and said, hey, we're going to forecast the weather and we're going to be perfectly right every time. That's not what the, that's not, I've never seen a weather promotion do that. So I think the public, it's all about perception, right? The people in the Fox Valley for that event, I didn't hear from them, but the people out to the West, that particular event underperformed. It's just going to happen. The next time it could be the Valley and they get a little bit more, you know, it's just going to happen. I think part of the deal as a viewer and us to them, we have to have some civility some minimum level of respect. Don't call my voicemail and use every letter in the book. Just don't do that. Well, we're going to wrap it up with these guys in just a bit. I have some other questions that I think there are some words in this business that might push your buttons. We're back in a minute. This is Inside Wisconsin. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down.
We are back inside Wisconsin, the Wisconsin weather episode. I got to be honest, guys, this is going to be one of my favorites because I'm a weather nerd just like you guys. All right, speaking of uh, weather nerds and weather terms, there are some over the years that I would imagine you are so sick of hearing or so sick of having to explain. I wrote a few down that I think might push your buttons, and I'm curious to know your feedback. Here's the first one. An inch of rain equals 12 inches of snow. I'm so (laughs) glad it was rain instead. That's crap, right? (laughs) Well, it it doesn't usually work out to the ratio that's thrown out there, and it's always... You get it every time, especially you get to December and you get rain. Man, how much snow would we have gotten from that rain (laughs) if it would have been snow? And the ratio depends on so many different things that are happening in the atmosphere. So the general rule is one inch of rain equals 10 inches of snow, but it, it, it varies so greatly. It can have huge. It can be five inches of snow or it can be 25 inches of snow. I get a kick out of it when you guys forecast a 30% chance of rain. And Luke and I have talked about this in the past. If you put out there that there's 30% chance and it rains, you're screwed. But if you put out 90% and it doesn't rain, you're also screwed. What is up with the percentages and forecasting of rain and snow and all this stuff? Well, don't use those. <laughs> that's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Here's the deal. This is why you don't use, and if this goes out and some other meteorologist colleagues see this and they they do use precipitation chances, go for it. You do you. I'm not. Because here's the reason why. You can get a 30% chance of rain, right, and get absolutely poured on. You can also have a 60% chance of rain and nothing happens. What's the benefit to the viewer? And so precipitation probabilities were really meant for us. They were meant for Mark and I and the other operational meteorologists to consult and formulate a forecast from. Now they're on your app. They're every hour, every half hour, however your app breaks it up, down to the minute on the arrival, all of this stuff. Again, we're kind of a little ahead of the game, but if you want the answer, what does a 30% chance of rain mean? By definition, it means for a certain location, on 100 days like that day, it rained on 30 of them. That's what it means. It's model output statistics, this idea of confidence times, what is it, Mark? Confidence times A and all. Yeah, here's here's what it is. Nobody knows what the hell it means. They don't know (laughs) what it means. So I don't use it. And again, just like you said, there are some meteorologists that insist on using it. I am not one. I don't like to put a 20% chance on something. Because then, if you do that, people are like, oh, it's not going to rain. I'm fine. Right. And it's, it's, that's why I use terms as opposed to percentages. This big, thing's so screwed, you guys. This thing completely screwed you. Because the, they the, use – there's always percentages on this stupid thing. The, the biggest lesson that I was taught um, – there's probably three or four big ones. But from John Milan, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, he'd say, Luke – just tell the people what you think is going to happen and, and own it. Don't start hedging everything with this probability and that probability. Just tell, tell your viewers, hey, you know what? Tomorrow afternoon, there could be a few rain showers, especially from here to here, if you have confidence to divide up your viewing area. Maybe they're everywhere. Just tell the people what you think is going to happen in a fun, easy, entertaining way. And that's really what, when we show up to work every day, that's our job. No matter if we're feeling down or up or whatever, you got to turn it on 
when you when you get that mic light on. Okay, we're done. Luke, put a nice bow on it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few more, I promise. Then you're I'm out of here. Just kidding. I know you. All right, here's one more. Polar Vortex. When that came out, I swear everybody has now used it in their own terminology ever since. What is a Polar Vortex for real? It is a real thing. I mean, it's been around forever. Um, for as long as we know. It's just taken on common nomenclature in the weather world. Here's what happened. It, it got taken. Somebody saw it in what was written, probably a forecast discussion by the Weather Service. That is now readily available to many people, including news directors or producers, especially on a network program. The network sees that. They're like, oh, that sounds sexy. We're going to put that on. And then it just takes over. All right, guys, just a few more. You've been gracious with your time. I'm really grateful. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you guys have been long time and, in Luke's case, lifelong Wisconsin residents. What's your favorite part of the state? Because let's be honest, we live in a gem. The southern end of the Bay of Green Bay, any time in the summer months when the wind isn't strong. <laughs> Preferably on a, on a boat that floats. Yeah, uh, you're a big water guy. Mark? This is such a hard question. I mean, really, this is a hard question. There's, there's so many great areas. I mean, I, I live in one of the great areas. I, I live close to Lake Michigan. There's so many great hiking trails. Um, and although my daughter now goes to school over at Winona State, and that part around La Crosse uh, area, that Driftless area, I'm amazed at how beautiful that is over there. I didn't know that much about it, but since I've gone to that area more and more, I find that pretty awesome. I'm going to give you two, two there's, I can't give you an answer. There's just too many great areas. How many places up north can you go? The Apostle Islands are unbelievable. I mean, the whole Bayfield area, you just go on and on. Right. Yeah. There, you can't have a – you tell me, Trevor, what's your favorite spot? You think you can narrow it down? <laughs> yeah, way to throw it back at him, Sam. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I got to be honest, it never gets old driving past Lambeau, guys. It's been incredible. All right. Hey, we, uh, we talk a lot about sports in Inside Wisconsin, and by the time this episode airs – it will have already been the start of training camp. Yes or no, is Aaron Rodgers showing up? My prediction is yes. Let's hope my prediction is correct. Oh, he, 100%. Not even, I'm not even doubting it. He will be in Green Bay. Wow. All right, last one. If you And maybe this is going to be a tough one too, but part of what you guys love in your job here in Wisconsin is the seasons. What's your favorite season? <laughs> this, is, this is another one. At least I ask him, what's my favorite child out of my three? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really, I love them all. Winter, I still love, it just takes a little too long here. Um, spring, where I live, because I live very close to Lake Michigan, is not my favorite season because it's cold too long. I, I think autumn, autumn has probably been my favorite uh, ever, ever since I've lived here. Yeah, same. Luke? Yeah. Yeah, some, summer and fall. I mean, because some years you can actually get summer to bleed into fall quite a bit. Uh, you know, you can, I remember one year we were carving pumpkins and it was like 80, you know, like it just, there's such a variance in that season. Um, and it's usually pretty temperate. You know, it's not really extreme. I would say summer into fall is, is my favorite. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, I see the set lights turning on on channel 12 <laughs> and there's people moving around at channel five, which means the news is approaching we have spent longer than you guys uh, agreed to, and I'm really grateful for it. Let me just leave you with this. Mark, I joked earlier that 
uh, you showed up for one of my classes back at Johnson Creek High School, and I've sat in the studio and watched Luke do his job. I wanted to be a TV meteorologist, so I know you guys didn't. I did, and then I found out you had to go through Calc 3, and I bounced <laughs> as fast as I could. Uh, but I love the broadcast side of what you guys do and really just don't take it for granted. So thanks, even when you're wrong. We're just grateful for what you're doing, and thanks for your time with us on Inside Wisconsin. Thank you. Got it, buddy. Shut up and sit down. I don't get starstruck too often. I mean, all right, so I do. I'm probably lying to you a little bit. I, I do kind of freak out when Barry Alvarez is on here or Wayne Larravee or Matt LaPay. I mean, and the list will go on. We're going to have some unbelievable guests coming up here on Inside Wisconsin as this thing continues. But I got to be honest, I'm super jacked about that episode and what we just did with those guys in the weather realm here in Wisconsin. The weather nerd in me is uh, ecstatic. I hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, we had something major happen here in Wisconsin, and Mark actually mentioned it. The Bucks won the championship for the first time in 50 years. And we're doing this thing now on Inside Wisconsin called a slice of cheese, where somebody like you and I are just doing something really cool, and we want to tell you about it. And so I hope you enjoy this quick chat with a guy named Ben Tainai. He just happened to be the Bucks' lucky charm singing the national anthem for all of the Bucks playoff games, including that amazing game six where we knocked it dead. And then, of course, he sang for the parade and saying we are the champions at the celebration. Super cool, dude. I talked to him the day that the Bucks clinched the title. Enjoy this conversation, a slice of cheese with Wisconsin's own Ben Tainai. Shut up and sit down. Ben Tainai, the Bucks national anthem singer, and some call him the lucky charm, joining <laughs> us this morning on a slice of cheese here on Inside Wisconsin. Ben, what is up? Thanks for taking some time for us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so you're a busy cat. Like, I don't know what time you got up this morning or went to bed, but it is Bucks in <laughs> six day. And yeah. uh, you were singing the national anthem on like literally every newscast across the state. Did you sleep yeah. last night? Where are we at? No, I, I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> so basically literally? I, I got up uh, when I, 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 you know, I couldn't fall asleep because I was so excited about the game in the first place. But then I had to also wake up and be at one of the studios by like five o'clock this morning. So like I left the house at like four fifteen. So I haven't, I haven't slept. So I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah. You have a nap scheduled, right? Yeah, yeah, I do have one yeah, nap good. scheduled. Yeah, yeah, you got to. I gotta, I gotta make to sure I bring it tonight, Trevor. I gotta make sure I bring it tonight to that game. You, know? you do. You need to bring it tonight. <laughs> that is your job. You have a job, and it is to bring it tonight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Ben, I, I think, I assume that you and I are pretty close in age. In our 30s, is that right? That's correct. I'm 32 years old, my friend. Yeah. So I'm 38, and my co-host, John Anderson, who is overseas helping host the Olympics <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, what a, what a beast, huh? Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> uh, hopefully he gets the monkey game over there somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, he rips on me all the time because you and I weren't around in 71 and mm -hmm. 74 when the Bucks did this last time. But it doesn't take you long to do a little research and figure out that this is the first time in Bucks history that we've hosted a game six. Game six was in Boston in 1974, and there was no game six in 71. So mm -hmm. as a lifelong Wisconsinite like yourself, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a major moment. How do you feel knowing that nerves definitely play a role? in? This? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, you know, man, I've been honored this whole time. I mean, the, the thing that I always like to portray to people is that I'm a singer, yes, but I'm a huge Bucks fan. 
And so this whole thing has just been like, it's been like the coolest experience of my entire life. And so John's right in the sense that I, that I haven't, uh, that I haven't, uh, I wasn't around during the seventies when this all happened before. And so this is, this is the first experience of my life. And I'm sure yours too, where we feel like we're a part of this history. You know, it, this, it's been 50 years, you know, it's, I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> so like the fact that we could be here and be anywhere involved in this is just, oh my gosh, it, it's so surreal. And I'm nervous for tonight, but a lot of it is just like nervous energy. You know what I mean? I'm really excited and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So, that's awesome. Uh, and what else is awesome is you're from Wisconsin. I mean, you are yeah. a through and through Wisconsinite. Where were you born and raised? Ben? So I, uh, I grew up in like the Pewaukee and Heartland area. And then I, um, uh, I, I actually met my, my wife is from Sheboygan. Um, I met her doing some music, um, in my past. And then, um, I went to school in Chicago for college and then I came right back to Wisconsin cause I just love it here. This is my place. <laughs> this is where I belong. This is my place. These are my people. I completely That's agree. Right. That's How right. did this whole national anthem, I mean, clearly you have the pipes for the role, right? How did this all <laughs> take out for you over the years? Yeah, I think so. Basically, six years ago, I tried out. You have to try out uh, for the Bucks National Anthem. They have a tryout every year. And I think they get they get a lot of people to try out. Let's face it. It's a big team. So I tried out um, about six years ago at the, when it was the Bradley Center. Um, and I tried out and it um, it went pretty well. I mean, I was I wasn't I probably wasn't as confident back then as I am uh, doing it now. But I tried out and they called me a couple of weeks later and kind of gave me a, a little bit of a lower um excitement type game just because obviously it's my first one and it I thought it went pretty well and they literally called me like the next day and were asking me to do games ever since and so now here I am and and that first year I did it it was when the Bucks like had won like 13 games all year so it's been a it's been a wild ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're doing Brewers too yeah yeah I do Brewers and Bucks and I'm working on the Packers I'm hoping to get out there um I'm hoping that this exposure will let it happen. <laughs> Let's make it happen. That would be Yeah, amazing. I know. That's the hope. I think I have a couple. I've gotten a couple of connections through this stuff that I I think there's a possibility. Nothing, nothing's on the books yet, though. I'm not going to say that because it's not. But um, I think once this once this run is over for the Bucks, I'm going to press on that pretty hard and see what that's can happen. That's very cool. Yeah, very, thank very you. Cool. Thank you. So um, how many times have you sang the national anthem today? Oh, gosh. <laughs> today? <laughs> I've probably done it about five times, six, seven times already, I think. Yeah, it is literally 8.01 on Bucks in six day, and you have stained the national anthem five or six times already. That's incredible. It's, like a, I, it's, it's, been, it's been great, though, man. I can't complain. I'm very happy to be in the position, though. Yeah, it's really cool to see a guy like you, again, born and raised in Wisconsin. I actually grew up in Johnson Creek. So oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. Okay, cool. in my homeland down yeah, there. Yeah, hey, that's a great area, though. That's awesome. Yeah, the outlet mall put us on the map. <laughs> yeah, the outlet mall. <laughs> Johnson Creek. That's where, uh, my wife, well, where my wife goes there all the time. You know, I, I don't, I don't, you, can't, you won't see me out there. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Benny, I know it's all glory to God, right? So, yeah. I mean, where, where does your mind land with how do you manage? How do you manage all of this going on? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian guy. I, I grew up in the church, and so I sort of. Um, to manage it, you know, I have a very good support system. I have a wonderful wife. I have three wonderful kids. They're all, they're young though. So they, I think they, they, they support me, but they're more like, you know, they keep me on my toes. And, um, and I have two great parents that have helped me the, the whole way. And be, honestly, that, that's who I lean on in these times. You know, let's face it. I mean, 
tonight's a big deal. You know, there's going to be 80,000 plus people watching, you know, watching my anthem. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be on TV yet. I never know until I get there. But but there's going to be all these people watching it for, for you know, it's the biggest concert basically in Milwaukee history. And it's like, I'm going to be the singer. So it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to process, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of prayer that goes into it. There's a lot of um, support that goes into it from my family and my friends. And um, I can honestly say that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, because this is a lot for anybody to take in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot to manage. That's kind of what I was getting at. Well, and it doesn't, it's not lost on me, man, that, this song that you're singing tonight was accidentally dividing people over the last yeah. year. And here's a guy yeah. from mm-hmm. Wisconsin with talents that are God given that is uniting us as a state and a region and hopefully a country when it needs it most. So I fully yeah. recognize it. I hope you do. Too. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never heard it said like that. And I really like that you said that. I, I've never heard it said like that. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of questions because I've been doing a lot of, you know, I've been, let's face it, I've been doing a lot of media, been doing a lot of media. A lot of people have been asking me questions. And and one of the one of the questions I get the most is like what do you how do you feel about the national anthem you know it's it's obviously a divided song and a lot of people are, are offended by it or 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 not offended by it or don't hear any indulgence or whatever and and I give some kind of a similar answer every time because I I I am a guy that really supports armed forces and I really I really have a big respect for veterans um, and so basically you know this song kind of means something to me in that way and so the fact that you bring that up about like, Hey, this is bringing a city together, you know, because it has sort of been a little bit of a cult hero feel with me, I guess, singing the national anthem, good luck charm, all that kind of stuff to kind of put a different spin on the national anthem as being more of a positive thing in this situation. I think that's a really good point, Trevor. That's a really good point you bring up. I really like that a lot. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. I couldn't be happier for you as a fellow statriot of Wisconsin. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm overjoyed, man, that it's you. I really am. I thank Cheryl you so much, man. In the audience. Like, yeah. it's not that there isn't other people around. <laughs> You're the best. You're the choice. Take it and run with it, brother. Yeah. I had, uh, so my, my boss at, uh, at with the Bucks, uh, who's had my back, his name's Johnny. He's fantastic. Um, he, he's sort of the one who's been sort of vying for me this whole time, which, is just amazing to me. But he, when the finals started, you know, the, the NBA was basically like, Hey, you're bringing a celebrity. And he's like, we got our guy. He said, we got our guy. And he, he stuck with me. And, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody out there or anything like that, but I know that Cheryl Crow asked to sing it. And he told her, he basically said that we got our guy, you know? So, I mean, the fact that they did that for me, it's pretty incredible. Wow. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, isn't that crazy? Hey, so um, listen, I know that your uh, your vocals are warmed up. I've been stalking you all morning on Twitter. <laughs> Can you give Inside Wisconsin in, and a home of the brave go Bucks? Yes, I absolutely can. Only for you, though. Only for you. <laughs> it's only just me and you. That's it. No, that's all kidding, no. no, no, it's for everybody, but I'm doing it, but, uh, but I got your back. Don't worry. Thanks. All right, sure. Let's try it. Um, and the home of the I promise every single episode will be all about us, the people, the stories, and the statriotism of America's Dairyland. Whether it's a guy that's got golden pipes like Ben Tainai or a conversation about Wisconsin weather with Mark and Luke, it is all about us. And I hope you are experiencing joy just as much as we're having joy bringing it to you. 
Listen, InsideWisconsin.com is the website. You're here on one of our social channels, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and of course, on YouTube. Don't forget to click that subscribe button here on YouTube as well. We're grateful. We're grateful to those founding partners that are here with us uh, in this corner, by the way. That's a mirror image I'm looking into. I'll figure this thing out. Yeah, don't worry. It's only episode 10. We got lots of time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We love you guys. Until next time, as you were, Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, and Mill Home Supper Club. Shut up and sit down.